I'm Renee Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. Make sure that you like and subscribe to our weekly sermons so that you don't miss what is happening here at Bethel Austin. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. And most of all, we pray that you would have an encounter with the living God today. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. Thank you for being here with us this morning as we worship Jesus and exalt his name. It is uh, the wrap of the Heart for the House month, and uh, we've had some great, great times together, uh, foundational, uh, foundational times in his presence. And as I mentioned, uh, we, took a, we had a prophetic time of, of offering and giving into the house last weekend uh, with declarations, and it happened happened in, in worship, extended worship time, and we just uh, gave into worship because how many people know that true giving is an extension of worship? Amen? And uh, yeah, powerful time. And so as of last weekend, and, and uh, gifts are still coming in, but as of last weekend, we had $124,000 that has come in so far uh, for the for the heart for the house to sow into what God is doing in and through this place. And fortunately, this is not the only house that God is moving wonderfully in across our city. We are a blessed city with a lot, a lot of lovers of Jesus and a lot of great churches. Amen. And we are, and actually there's a fantastic level of unity among pastors in this city. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, there's, there's um, a group, there's a dynamic called Pastors in Covenant, PIC for short, and, uh, and it's been going for a couple decades now, but basically it's, it's small groups for pastors. And I am in one, so it's same, same reason that you're in you know, a life group or home groups as they're, they're known, like pastors all over the city of Austin are in life groups together. Like, have you ever heard of that before? And like, and they, they intentionally put pastors together that are from different backgrounds, different denominations, different sized churches on purpose to break down those invisible divides that, that, that haunt so many places and, and cities and, and the, where accusation comes in. That all gets erased when you actually know people. When you're actually in their life, when you're actually praying together, you find out about their families and their struggles and their victories and all that, and it's amazing. Come on, let's just give Jesus praise for that. What we, what we give thanks for in the kingdom increases. And I would love to see that just continue to grow. Um, we are heart for the house, and my message this morning is about a healthy house. And a healthy house knows how to rest. But a healthy house, and I just feel his grace in the room right now. And we're just going to invite his grace to just to manifest and display his goodness because he is good. Can I get an amen to that? And uh, I believe God is, I believe God is doing stuff that he's done stuff in the room already. I mentioned it uh, at the close of worship there, but in his, in his presence, and you've heard me say this many times before, that his presence is him, and he is good. 
Not a trick question statement. His presence is him and he is good. He is good and therefore you can't have his presence come and not have good things happen. It's who he is. And healing, you've heard me say this, healing isn't something that he, something that he does, it's who he is. It's something he is. When he is here, hell and healing are with him. So Father, I thank you for your grace in the room right now, in Jesus' name. And I feel um, that God has just really extended authority over arthritis to this house, and we see it healed all the time, all the time, all the time. Uh, Thank you, Jesus. Andre, can you run up here real quick? I didn't, I, I should have warned you. Can, can you, Matt, can you hand him that, that microphone right there? And uh, <clears throat> come on, bless Andre. He had, he had zero warning for this. <laughs> but I just saw him out there and uh, he just told me an amazing testimony uh, just two days ago. And he's, Andre's a nurse. And so could you just tell, tell us what you told me the other day? Is it on? He clicked the button up. There you go. One, two. Yeah, I'm a nurse and I work in the recovery room. I work at wake up patients after surgery. Sometimes it's really cool and sometimes it's really bad. <laughs> um, but the story is that um, it was like the beginning of the day. No patients were in the recovery room. It was just me and another nurse waiting for the patients to come out. And here comes this one patient that had a colonoscopy and it was more like a diagnosis thing. The doctor wanted to see what's in her belly. And he found, he said, I, he come out and he talked to this lady and the lady was like just waking up from surgery, not totally with it yet. But he's like, I found this huge mass of cancer in your, in your belly and we have to do a huge surgery on you. And it was like, it was so devastating to her. I can see that her tears were coming out and she was just like so devastated of the whole situation. And... And I just like, I felt like I should pray for her. And I said, hey, can I pray for you? I, I believe that God can heal. I saw it in my church so many times and she was asking me which church I can go into. And she's like, yeah, I heard it from it. <laughs> but, but she was like, really, God can heal this? And I said, yes, I believe that God can heal that. <laughs> I have seen it so many times. We have seen it in our church. God can heal cancer. And she was just like, Wow. She was just amazed by it, and she got, got so much um, joy about it, like that, that actually God can do this, and she got faith and faith. And while I was taking her out to the um, discharge area, she said, in Jesus' name, I'm going to be healed. So coming back like three, four weeks, she comes back out, out of a surgery, and I said, oh, wow, what happened? Like, what's going on? And she said, well... The doctor just did a surgery on me, but it was so small, the tumor, that it just took a simple surgery, and we took it out, and it's gone. <laughs> Come on! Come on, Jesus! Come on! Thank you, Andre. Come on, you can take it. Come on, thank you, Jesus! We praise you, Jesus! <laughs> Listen... <laughs> We're going to have some more reason to pray Jesus right now. Um, 
on both sides of the neck, it feels like it's locked up, and we've all had that thing, like you sleep wrong, but, but it's like both sides of the neck, and you feel like it's locked up. If that's you, I'm going to call it several things. If that's you, you could just start to stand up when I call that. Arthritis of any form, just stand up. God's going to release some grace right now, healing in the house, carpal tunnel, stand up. <clears throat> um, you, we kind of all are familiar with um, like the sciatic nerve, but I see it, it radiates almost down to the front of the, the leg and the, the, the upper thigh, um, like a pinched nerve feeling in there. If that's you, stand up. <clears throat> Any uh, growths or tumors, uh, goiters, go ahead and stand up. Any uh, neuropathy, stand up. Lack of, lack of feeling anywhere, go ahead and stand up. If you have a, if you have a body part that is, that is supposed to move and function better than it does, I know that's kind of why, but, but uh, I feel like God is reversing restricted movement. So if that's you, go ahead and stand up. Uh, my, migraine, stand up. Thank you, Jesus. Whew. There's one more. Thank you, Jesus. It'll come back. <clears throat> Thank you, Father. Listen, if you're, if you're around these people, if you're around any, oh, uh, ringing in the ears, tinnitus, if that's you, stand up. If you're around these people and you love Jesus and you believe that he is good and you believe that his kingdom manifests through his grace, not our effort, I want you to stand up, and if you believe that, that God is here. So if you're standing for prayer, I want you to raise your hand. Just put your hand up. Now, if you're near someone with their hand up, I just want you to go and put your hand on them, and we're gonna take about three minutes for this, but before you pray anything, there's two important things to keep in mind. There's two rules for this. Rule number one is you're not allowed to pray hard. <laughs> Why? Because it's by grace, not our effort. And if we try to make it by our effort, then we actually cut off the, the access of his grace. We actually step in the way of the miracle. So number one, you're not allowed to pray hard. If you can do rule number one, say, come on, Jesus. And rule number two is that you have to have fun. Because the kingdom of heaven is not eat or drink, but is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. In his presence is fullness of what? Joy. <laughs> that he is a good father in a good mood who is ready to do good things. So if we're going to partner with him, we should look like him. <laughs> How many people know seriousness is not a fruit of the Spirit? But joy is, all right? So you, you are not allowed to pray hard and you have to have fun. And I want you just to release his grace right now. You got two minutes and go right now. Just release the grace of heaven in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We release your joy, release your goodness, Father. We thank you for the shalom of your presence. Father, I thank you that you've been doing it already. Father, I thank you for the people that you touched during worship this morning. Yeah, right, I didn't call it earlier, but right between the shoulder blades, 
right between the shoulder blades. God's are moving a pinch right there. Father, I thank you for metal disappearing from bodies in Jesus' name. I thank you for metal disappearing from bodies in Jesus' name. Thank you for metal disappearing from bodies in Jesus' name. Now here's what I want you, here's what I want you to do. I said two minutes, but we're pausing halfway through. What I want you to do is I want you to check your body right now. And if you're noticing, any, we're gonna pray again. We have one more minute left. But if you're noticing any measure of breakthrough, I want your group, you and the person praying for you, I just want you to give a big hand clap to the Lord. Any measure, listen, listen, 2% is a testimony because it means God just stepped into the equation and what he starts, he likes to finish. Right, so if you're receiving prayer, check your body right now. Bend, twist, move, check your limbs, feeling, <clears throat> whatever you need to do. Oh, also, people who have um, lack of smell or no smell at all, I see God restoring smell right now. So check, check your body, <clears throat> and if God's brought any measure of breakthrough, just give him a clap right now. Come on, look at that, all right. What we give thanks for grows. Now pray again. Pray again. Pray for it to turn up. Pray for him to turn it up. Come on. What we give thanks for grows. Listen, if you're near someone who starts to look too serious, you have my permission to pinch them. Remind them that their job is to look like him and he is in a good mood. Jesus was anointed. Jesus, who loved righteousness, loved righteousness and hated lawlessness, was anointed with the oil of joy beyond his companions. What does that mean? It means he's the happiest guy in the room. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Woo, thank you, Father. 10 seconds. <clears throat> All right, you can start to wrap that up. Five seconds. <clears throat> Come on, we're about, we're about to have reason to give Jesus praise. We always, stay standing with me, stay standing. How many people, how many people love to partner with seeing God move and transform lives? Come on, how many people just had fun releasing heaven? All right, checking your body again. If you received prayer, don't worry. I'm going to let you sit down in about 20, 30 minutes. Just kidding. If you just received prayer, check your body. Like actually bend, twist, get on, like listen to a voice message on your phone. Like check, check your body. Do something to check your hearing, check the feeling, check if you had a feel at the metal. Like check your body. And if God just brought some measure of breakthrough to your body, that you could tell, again, listen, even 2% is a testimony. It means God is stepping in, and when we thank him for it, it creates place for it to increase. How many people just, you would say that you just experienced some measure of breakthrough in your body. Put your hand up high. Don't, no bent elbows all the way up, and just go like this. Because the testimony of Jesus, wave, wave your hand. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I want you to look around the room. Look at this. 
Come on. If it's, if it's 15% better or more, keep waving. If it's 30% better or more, keep waving. Keep waving. Keep waving. 50% better or more, keep waving. 70% better or more, keep waving. Come on. Look at this. 80%. 90%. Come on, if you would say a symptom, it feels like it's all gone, just keep waving. Come on. Look around. <laughs> keep waving. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> Anybody waving over here? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Nine, come on. Let's give Jesus praise this morning. He's a good God. Amen. Come on. You can have a seat. Listen, the good news is that we just gave him thanks, so that means he's not done. About, about roughly half of the healings that we see happen in the moment. The other half, you find out later. You get in the car after church, or you go to get in bed tonight, or you wake up in the morning and you realize, wow, that thing I've been dealing with just isn't there anymore. <laughs> and how many people know that that's just as legitimate and powerful as a testimony? You guys are gonna make me work this morning. Like God just, God is doing miracles in the room. <laughs> And come on, he's good and he's not done. A healthy house, a, health, a healthy house knows how to rest. I want to talk about uh, rest this morning. And, you know, we, we live in a busy world. Most of us in the room would, would say we have a busy life and it's, uh, it's fast-paced. Information is coming at us at light speed and, and the, the, the needs all around us. And we, we live a busy life. But how many people know that God's ways are higher than our ways? And our job isn't to get him to line up with our ways. It's our job to line up with his and God, God is a creative God. He's a powerful God. He's a working God. He's also a resting God. And there is a formula, a rhythm, if you will, of knowing how to work when he is working and rest when he is resting. And that when we, when we know how to partner those things together, they enhance each other and they grow each other. And God is building something wonderful. He's building something powerful. But we are, we are feeling this invitation from God. Like we've been running and I don't know how, you know, how long you've been uh, coming here, running with us here, but you know, our, our journey and many people who moved um, from the very beginning with us, you know, we, we transitioned um, from you know California to, to move here and, and moving is a big it's a big undertaking moving your life and and we're so so happy to be here. But we went from that to planning the church and and then you know a year and a bit into the church COVID hits. Whoop. 
that throws you for a loop, and all the unrest of 2020 and 2021, and then in the midst of that, we go into this, this uh, building this facility right here, which, you know, a $4.8 million deal, and that like took every ounce of, uh, you know, focus and energy that we had, and we got all of this going on, and, and we, as we've been talking about, if you've been with us for Heart for the House, that all of the things that we've um, been able to accomplish and see happen through God in just um, a relatively short period of time, four years, and we've got missionaries on on uh, six continents, and and we, uh, you know, we've given seventy-seven thousand dollars, I think, in first fruits offering, and we support other ministries all through the city, and we've uh, we have a city service teams that have gone out that have, that they have just just approached the city without agenda. How can we serve you? And we actually partner with them in a program where we would go out and we would clean up sections of the city, but we would employ, we, we employed homeless people. It was through the city, but we brought the funds and we employed homeless people to partner with our teams to clean up the city, but they got training and job experience and they had accountability and they had to show up at certain times and many of them were able to get out of homelessness and get, and get jobs and get housing and so much stuff has happened, but it's just the beginning. <laughs> but we feel like God is inviting us just to regroup and come back to the basics and to, to come back to center and to come back to rest. But there's something beautiful about rest in the kingdom. I want to read out of Genesis chapter 2. If you have your Bible, just go ahead and open to Genesis chapter 2. We're going to read out of Genesis 2, and we're going to read out of 1 Kings 19 as well. And, in, and the story in Genesis 1 is obviously the story of creation. This is not new for most people in the room. God created um, the earth and the, the, the animals, and he created uh, man and woman, and he created for six days. And then in chapter 2, verse 1, thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. And God prescribed then, he goes on, he sanctifies the seventh day as a day of rest. And God rests, so God creates, and how many people know that God is an incredible creator, and we love his creation? Yes. You guys are gonna make me work. I could... <laughs> Listen, the sunsets and the mountains and the ocean and, and God's created all the, the animals and all the uniqueness and all the beauty of mankind and God created all of this and it's wonderful. 
Amen. It's, it's wonderful. And on this, after all of this creation, God rested. But I believe that the, the, the rest isn't just the, the end of work, but it's the capstone of the work. And that God put the finishing touch on what he created with rest. And in, in construction, in building, you build a wall, you, you layer the layers of brick or stone, and then the last thing you put on is a capstone. And the capstone has a specific role and purpose. The capstone holds the structure of what you've built together. The capstone is also a covering. And it, and it, the, and it, it, um, it, the wind and the weather, it repels wind and weather so that what has been built doesn't get eroded and fall apart. God didn't just stop working, he crowned his work with rest. But how many people know that, that that's not the end of the Bible? It doesn't end with two chapters, right? There's a whole lot more. What does that mean? That means that God wasn't done. So God worked and he rested, but there's a lot more to come. So what does that mean? It means that rest is both the end of something and the beginning of something. Rest, rest is how we enter into healthy transition. Rest is the capstone for what you've built up to this point that protects the structure and the nature of what you and God have built together. But it also prepares you for what he's gonna bring you into next. Well, God is inviting us into a season, a deeper level of rest, and not just rest, but of healing. How many people know that healthy things grow? <laughs> and we're, this heart for the house, listen, we don't want a, a big dynamic house that isn't healthy. Thank you, Dylan, for being with me on this one. <laughs> Anybody want a healthy church? Like, like a, a, health, a healthy family? Uh, it, it, body in Christ, like to fellowship with healthy. Listen, we want a healthy expression of what God is doing. And in order to con continue in health, we need to know how to revisit the rhythm of rest. We need to come into rest and not just like, well, I'm I'm done, my season, tag your, no, that it is the end of something and the beginning of the next thing and we revisit it. He sanctified the seventh day. But how many people know after the seventh day is a new week? <laughs> and then again we rest. And then a new week. And this rhythm that God is inviting us into because in the rest is where health happens and healing happens. God said something uh, really unique. It's kind of um, yeah, uh, you know, personal, but I believe, I, I believe true and powerful and and um, the other, last week I was, uh, you know, just, I don't know if anyone has ever had a tough week. 
But, but honestly, it was just that kind of dynamic of that feeling that things are harder than they should be. And it wasn't, it wasn't like any one big thing in particular. It's just like, oh, that grind of like, why are things feel more difficult than they should be? It should be smoother than this. What is happening? And I was actually driving home, driving from the office, and I, and I just thought I would ask God about it. <laughs> Partially in thanks to Michael and a testimony that you, t- that you shared, but I was driving home and I just said, God, this, this doesn't feel like heaven. And I said, God, what, what, what do you think about this? Because I know what I think. But I'm like, God, what do you think about this feeling, this angst, this, it's harder than it should be. And God said something that actually surprised me. It wasn't at all what I was expecting. He, and I'm just, I'll be vulnerable, right? Come with me. He said, he said, the, he said the, env- the environment is manifesting trauma. I said, whoa, God, what... What, what does that mean? And then he said, it's akin to, to PTSD. And then he walked me back through the last four years, five years, like what I just mentioned to you, and all of the craziness, all of the being completely stretched to the end of your capacity and when you're sustained to that level, and then it's one surprise after the next. Like, whoo, we got through that, and then, Slide swiped again. Where'd that come from? And then again, and then, and, and he, he said this. He said, adrenaline carries you through the traumatic event. But the trauma starts to show up later. <laughs> and, and so I feel like that this, that, that, This angst, some of this angst is showing up. He's saying it's trauma from the past season, but it's working its way to the surface now. How many people know he's a good father? (laughs) And he he doesn't leave us in unrest. He doesn't leave us in unrest. He brings us into rest where there's healing and there's grace. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very resilient person. And I'm, I'm the type of person, not a lot bothers me. I'm pretty even kill. I can, I can keep going. I can plow through a lot of stuff. And, but I got home after having this dialogue with God. And I got home and I got by myself. And I said, God, do, do I have trauma? I have trauma that needs to deal with it. I started getting delivered from trauma. But here's what's wild. It was, it, there was almost no effort involved. Listen, because when God's ready to deal with something. And I believe even this morning, and it doesn't have to be dramatic And it doesn't have to be painful, but I just believe that God is going and he's beginning to sift. I see his hand of grace just going in. He's beginning to sift. And all the good things get to stay, but the trauma gets lifted out. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 
We talked about he, he sanctified the seventh day and, the, and the, the Sabbath was established and Sabbath is God's prescribed rest. And in Jewish tradition, the Shabbat is the observance, observance of the Sabbath. And it starts with a meal and the Sabbath obviously starts at sundown, uh, dusk on Friday evening and goes to dusk uh, Saturday evening. And in Jewish tradition, they start with the, with, the, um, with the meal on Friday night and the household traditionally, they light candles and they pray a prayer. And what they do as a household is they intentionally enter into rest. Like they set everything aside and in fact it's so ingrained in culture that everyone does uh, like, like Friday up until that time is really busy because people are doing all the things they need to do to prepare to rest for Saturday. Friday evening and Saturday. And they intentionally, the whole family gathers around the dinner table, they light candles, uh, they pray a prayer, and they intentionally say, God, we set this time aside for you and we choose to enter into rest. Doesn't that just feel right to say? And something beautiful happens at that meal. So they pray the prayer and then and they, they eat together and they fellowship together as they are choosing to, to cease from their work, their labor as God did for a moment, as a recharge. Not forever, but as a reset for what's coming next. But something beautiful happens in that moment. In tradition, the father prays a blessing over every member of the household. Every Friday night. Can you, can you picture the impact of that? And, and the, the capstone of that is the father prays a blessing over the mother. Come on, listen. The, the breakdown of family is one of the biggest issues that we face in this nation and the world today. But imagine if you grew up in a household where every Friday night you saw your father not over play pray blessing over you and your siblings, but he decreed the, the beauty of the Lord and all of the grace and the blessing on your mother every Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but there are, there's something else in that, that that blessing happens in the meal as they've entered into rest, and that tells me that the blessing, that we receive the blessing in rest. We receive the blessing from the Father in rest. Now here's where we sometimes get caught up because we often can observe it or see it manifested in activity. Either in our lives or others' lives, we see people doing stuff, partnering with God, and we see the blessing on them, and we're like, wow, God has so blessed them. But I can guarantee that almost every time you can trace that manifestation of blessing back to a quiet point where God spoke to them, where he bestowed the blessing, you're like, oh, this, whoa, Heidi Baker's got all these orphanages and takes care of all these kids and all these uh, food multiplies and these miracles happen. That's incredible. Oh, my goodness. Guess what? She didn't receive the blessing when she's toiling in the mud. 
right? The blessing came in secret at a quiet place. And the empowerment for the manifestation that we see publicly happens in rest. God wants to crown us. He wants to put a capstone on what's accomplished to this point, but wants to crown us with blessing and anointing and vision and insight for where he wants to take us next. But to receive it, we have to intentionally enter into rest. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. <sighs> Healthy things grow. Lo- love, listen, I believe that God's inviting us in this season to love on ourselves and to love on others. It's good, it's good to be externally focused at times because we're called to expand the kingdom. It's also good to be internally focused at times because we need to be a healthy expression. The father pray, prayed blessing over every member of the household. What if in this season, our focus is how can I bless the people immediately around me? Well, I, th- I thought it was a good word. <laughs> that we can love on one another. That we can actually be the expression of the body. That, that, they, that they will know that we are one by the way that we love each other, love one another. There are fruit seasons and there are root seasons. In... in agriculture, in, in fruit trees, in, 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 in all plants, and trees really, that there are seasons of fruit, fruiting, and that is visible, that is what we see, and that's what we deem as healthy growth, and, and that's what we, that's, we see the beauty in that, but listen, the magnitude of the fruit is determined by the magnitude of the root, and in the dormant, what we see, right? And I love it. The, the kingdom and earth, his ways are higher than our ways. But what, in a season, what we see is dormant is actually there's more activity going on under the ground that we can't see. There's more growth happening in that season than the season of fruit. The roots are growing and strengthening and the strength of the root in this season determines the fruit in the next season. Come on. How are our roots? <clears throat> First Kings 19. Abba, Abba, Abba. Come on. I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> we, we're short on time. We do, we've done a lot already this morning. Uh, but just to quickly set the stage, Elijah, the prophet of God, famously known for the, the battle on Mount Carmel, <clears throat> uh, the ba- a battle on Mar- Mount Carmel where, the, where uh, 
the fire fell down and licked up the offering and, and, and all, all the, the, the priests of Jezebel and witchcraft were, were done away with, executed, and a powerful move of God, a powerful display of God. Can I get an amen on that? I will just, <laughs> i just let you know when, when, when I need an amen and, uh, and we'll be good. <laughs> a powerful display of God and then, and then he hits a moment of weakness. But here's something unique, that he has a powerful display followed up by another powerful display. Sometimes we miss that because right after the battle with the prophets of Baal, he, he, uh, he calls for the end of the drought. And if you know the story, we don't have time to go into it all, but he puts his head between his knees and he prays and he tells his servant to go look for rain. His servant goes seven times and sees nothing. Six times he sees nothing, right? But he keeps telling him to go back. Why? Why, do, why does he have his head between his legs and there's so much we can go into this, this position of prayer and the prayer shawl and all that? But really, he is locked in, he's locked on a greater reality. Come on, we can focus on an inferior reality and it defines our world. Or we can focus on a superior reality and it begins to define our world. And there was a wrestle that he won because he locked in. He took his, stuck his head between his knees over and over again. And the servant would come back with a defining statement, there is nothing. But he didn't, he didn't submit to that. <laughs> he would go back and check again. Nope, in the heavens, in the spirit, I see rain. I can see it, I can hear it, I can smell it, I can feel it. It's there, go check again. And so he, he goes, and on the seventh time, there's a, hand, a cloud the size of a man's fist, and he tells, go and tell him to run, and the torrential downpour comes, the drought ends, he runs before the chariot, the Spirit of God comes on him, powerful, 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 displays of God. But then he finds himself, whew, excuse me, manifesting glory, <laughs> And he, fi he finds himself in this moment of weakness. How many have ever been there? And he's running from Jezebel and he's questioning God. And, and that's a very quick uh, backstory. And it brings us to this place. So he's running for his life. What he now feels like he's running for his life. It was a pretty crazy flip of circumstances and perspectives. But he goes and he hides out in the cave. And 1 Kings 19, verse 11. And this is God speaking to Elijah. And he said, God said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore into the mountain and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. Now listen, then the, in verse 13, so it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood on the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Now that's funny because that's what God said to him in the cave before he went out to stand at the mouth. 
And it says, the voice came to him. But Elijah heard God's voice say, what are you doing here? And go and stand out at the mouth of the cave. What's the difference? He wasn't ready to hear what God had to say. Listen, the voice of the Lord was there. He just couldn't recognize it. And then he goes out and he stands in the mouth of the cave and, and crazy powerful displays of God. God happened, a strong wind comes, an earthquake comes, a fire comes, and it says repeatedly, God's not in that powerful display. Do you know what I believe that is happening here? That God is dealing with our expectation. <laughs> Because, listen, what did Elijah want? What did Elijah think he needed in that moment? He needed the mighty hand of God to come and rescue him because he was groveling and running for his life and he had no strength in him and he needed, he needed the, the mighty rushing wind of God to come and rescue him. Or at least he thought. <laughs> Or he needed the powerful God of the earthquake to come and destroy all his enemies. Or so he thought. <laughs> or the fire God, send your fire. <laughs> but God wasn't in the fire. What was God doing? He was setting, one by one, setting his, his expectation aside. God was already speaking. He just wasn't in a place to hear it until God went, okay, let me deal with that expectation. Yep, I'm not gonna come like that. Let me deal with that expectation. Yep, I'm not gonna come like that. Is this ministering to anyone this morning? Let me deal with that expectation. I'm not gonna come like that. And when he had moved through all of his expectations, what was left? The still small voice. But because he had dealt with it, okay, God, you're not coming like that, you're not coming like that, you're not coming like that, you're not coming like that. He now is ready. He's now finally entered into rest, and he's ready to hear what the Lord has to say. And what the Lord speaks to him, and just for time, he, he, he recommissions him for the next things ahead, that he's going to anoint the... Jehu king and anoint Elijah as the prophet to replace him. And he is sent now with a, a revigoration, new power, new anointing for the next assignment. And he goes, blast the other, but, but he does have this one last statement that he, that he repeats to God twice. And he says, I'm the only one left. All of Israel has forsaken you and they have, they, they, they're worshiping idols and I'm the only one left. And God says, finally, after he gets his attention, he says, no, there's 7,000 others. You know, what's interesting is that God worked for six days and then put the capstone of rest on the seventh and he sanctified the seventh day. Why seven? Seven is perfection. And I believe that what God is speaking to the prophet, how many people know prophets get weird revelation through numbers and stuff? That 7,000 others is speaking to Elijah that there is perfect, I've placed perfect provision in those around you. You're not alone. 
I feel like I need to say that again. You're not alone. Well, Dylan, can you come back up just on the guitar and we're just gonna wrap here in a second and just let God minister to our hearts. I love what Bill Johnson says. He says that busyness is artificial significance. I'll say that again. Pastor Bill Johnson, Bethel Church Reading. Busyness is artificial significance. There are, I'm gonna end with this, this point, but there are, there's rhythms, we're talking about rhythms of rest, there's rhythms of breakthrough. And I was just talking uh, with, with a great uh, a, young, a, a pastor of a church, a, a, a significant sized church in, in uh, Minnesota and you know, incredible story to their life and they'll have time to go into it all. They have, they have eight children, but they've also had eight miscarriages. One for one. And each time God would revisit them in the cave after the, the yelling, after the crying, after the... And when the still small voice would come again, he would say, will you, will you trust me again? And you know, we like to see like, yep, we did that once, got that over with, and now, no, eight times, repeat. And they have eight children of their own, but also eight miscarriages of an amazing church, a large church, but he, we were just catching up, we were having this call, just strengthening each other in the Lord through fellowship, but he started talking about this one dynamic. He started talking about the, the rhythms of breakthrough. And he started talking about that there's a rhythm uh, sorry, there's an ebb and flow to, to life. And there's an ebb and flow to things of the Spirit of God. And there's an ebb and flow to breakthrough. And we so desire to come into breakthrough in these things. And, and there's this perceived you know, barrier or border that we press against. And he said, you will feel yourself get close but not quite there. And then it, and then it will reside, recede a bit. And the mistake is we go, oh, I failed. I didn't get there. But it's like the tide. It pulls back a, a little bit to come just even a little bit stronger. And he says there's an ebb and flow and you almost get there and then you don't quite and you pull back and then it comes again and you get even closer but not quite and it pulls back and then it comes again and finally enough momentum you break through. But once you break through, you never go back because now you have ownership. But the ebb and flow even is part of the training. Listen, I can see it right now. God is restoring some promises to people in the room right now because there's places where you thought that you failed and God said, no, it's just an ebb because there's another flow coming. But you need to embrace the ebb to embrace the flow. Come on, thank you, Jesus. And in this, you know, the Bible says the anointing breaks the yoke. <laughs> the anointing breaks the yoke, but he made this other statement and I'm basically gonna paraphrase it. But what I heard when he said it is thanksgiving is that anointing that breaks the yoke. That Paul, Paul and Silas were in prison 
And what did they do? They went back to the simplest things. They went back to the simple things, praying and singing praises to God. And they were supernaturally, powerfully delivered from prison, but they went back to the simple things. Listen, when we focus on all the things we don't have, it creates a cage, a prison. Is anybody with me? When we focus on all the things we don't have, we actually build our own prison with that. But when we can go back to the the basic of thanksgiving, it breaks down the walls. Come on. We're gonna pray. If you need anything of what I've been speaking about this morning, I'm just gonna ask you to stay on your feet. We're just gonna invite Holy Spirit just to come and just to minister to us as we close. You can, however you feel comfortable receiving, you can put your hand on your heart, you can put your hands out in front of you. But Father, I thank you. I thank you for the rhythms of rest. And God, I thank you for the shalom of heaven. Even as we went after healing earlier, but, but the digestive issues, the digestive issue, Father, I thank you right now, in the shalom of heaven, it ceases. Right now, Father, in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you for the invitation to intentionally come in to, see, to a season of rest. A season of letting you love us and us loving on those around us. And Father, I thank you for bringing healing. And Father, I thank you for your hand that is just sifting out the roots of trauma right now in Jesus' name. Yeah. We receive you, God, your love, your fullness, your completeness, your wholeness, your provision, and your shalom as we choose to enter into rest in you, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen, amen. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.